Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome to the Herman London Real Estate Group, live from the rooftops, St. Louis Realtor Podcast. This is episode number 27. Today is August 30th. We have our most special guest, maybe our most special guest ever. I mean, we did have Than Merrill one time, which was pretty cool. But today we have Joey Vosovich, who's kind of scooted out of the screen here a little bit. Can you come back in here for me, Joey? All right. Thank you very much. We are live on Facebook right now, which is a new experience for me. But we thought we'd give it a try because today we're talking technology. And you're my technology guy, Joey. I am one of them. I know you have IT guy and then you have, you know jerry who does all the phone stuff but i'm just like the youtube drone connoisseur guy we have it guy we have graphic design guy we have uh i like graphic design guy he's a good guy he's a good guy that's right you got to meet him the other day what else do we have we've got all sorts of different people that take care of our websites and our storage and our this and that and uh today we're going to talk about technology realtor technology specifically i've already made this whole list of stuff and it took me about five minutes to write down probably 40 different <laughs> technology services that we take advantage of and you know one of the reasons why technology and specifically realtor technology to me is very interesting is because you know a realtor gets their real estate license because they want to sell homes you know they like real estate they a lot of times when they're joining our company they tell me they loved looking at homes when they're growing up or they are interested in rehabbing or they went to some class about real estate and investing in it and you know they like real estate but one of the things that they find out quickly is oh that's great that you like real estate but you better become an expert at social media and graphic design and photography and video stuff and web analytics and you know not to mention like learn your town really well and be strong enough to put signs in the yard and just all this other stuff you know so realtors quickly turn from loving houses to having to become some sort of realist or uh, technology experts, right? So before we jump into that, I did want to make a couple announcements, Joey, if that's all right with you. Oh, I love the announcements part of the show. I actually just put that on repeat when you start doing it. Okay, good. All right. So <laughs> a couple things going on at our company here at Herman London. We are uh, we have a Grizzlies game. We're going to go to the Gateway Grizzlies game tomorrow night. I think you're going to come to that, aren't you? I, am, I actually went last week and I got a hat, so now I'm going to look way cooler than everyone else that's already there. Okay, good. And we have a box there, so we have free food and drinks, which I'm excited about. Um, let's see the September 22nd, we have our annual company picnic. Oh, there's your hat. You're showing it for the Facebook live video thing. Company picnic, September 22nd. We always go to a park once a year and just get together. A lot of the realtors are always out running around doing stuff so they don't get to know each other necessarily. So we have to have social events to do that. And, uh, we like to have a little contest there, a washers tournament and that kind of thing at the company picnic. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to be announcing our next sales contest, which will be running from between the company picnic and our company bowling event, which is usually in November. So we're excited about that. We currently have a CMA contest ongoing. I've always wanted to, I had this concept where if we would, you know, how can we help train the agents on pricing property properly mm-hmm. and have fun? And so I came up with this uh, CMA contest where they have to, uh, we have, properties that are listed live are actively not necessarily our listings but just active listings from the mls and they basically have to like bet on what they think they'll sell for oh wow and then so once a couple of them sell then the contest ends and whoever was closest wins the money or the prize or whatever can't disclose all the details on here but so we're excited about that and uh 
Another announcement we're happy about, we got some new agents that joined the company last week. Uh, we had a few of them, actually, but the two of them I thought was interesting. They're doctors. What? And so They got free time? <laughs> they have free time. One of them's an anesthesiologist, and I'm not sure what kind the other one was, but they're having fun with uh, coming up with some cool like quotes and names and stuff for their company and little taglines and that kind of stuff. But it's it's interesting to me that someone could be as ambitious as they already are to become doctors and high-level doctors, too. And then also they're interested in real estate. I guess that tells you how far and wide the kind of like the interest in real estate is, right? Yeah, I guess they're really curious about, you know, protecting that money. Like you make a bunch maybe as a doctor, uh-huh. but then, you know, making sure it lasts and getting the returns that you want. Right. The doctor may not know what to do with that money. Yeah. And I mean, they have to have hobbies too, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like they could go golfing or they could ride their bikes or whatever, or I guess they could start another business together. And I think it's been fun for them. They're a husband and wife team. I think it's been fun for them to have kind of a project to work on together. So as I, as I was organizing all this different technology that we use, and I organized it into a bunch of different categories, technology that we use for making phone calls, technology that we use for websites in terms of like putting our listings out there, how to get the listings the most exposure as possible, social media, different websites that we use, and, and technologies to manage those, um, databases that we use to keep track of our clients and our past clients and our potential clients and our friends and family, all that kind of stuff, um, different ways that we can provide property search functionality to the customers and to the, just to the people that are out there looking for homes. So each real estate agent and real estate company wants to be able to provide a property search. Um, we've got a def- bunch of different stuff that we use for our emails and agent websites, task managers, flyers, and kind of like print material like that. And then I merge these three together. It's like cloud storage, file review, and file storage, I guess, and electronic signatures, which are big now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got different ways that we do CMAs, which is how we figure out the value of a property. We've got different technologies that we have to use for when we're showing property and act, gaining access to them and keeping track of what all we're showing. And then we've got a long list of things that I just threw into the category of marketing. You like to just organize everything, right? Well, I have to. Do you use an app to like organize your list as well? <laughs> I do, I guess. I'm a big uh, Google Drive guy. Yeah, Google Keep is one I like to use as well. What's that? Google Keep is one way you can make shopping lists as well. It's a part of Google Drive. Or Evernote, that's a big one that uh, I yeah. like to use uh-huh. as well. I know people use Evernote. What's that all about? And you know, it's just like any of the other list-keeping devices, except they'd have the PDF scanning function. When, mm-hmm. You know, you could just take a picture of uh, any file, turns into a PDF. It's just really well organized. Okay, so for list-keeping, you've mentioned Google Keep. You mentioned Evernote. Evernote. I use Trello for Yeah, that. Trello's great. That's what we use to kind of organize the podcast uh-huh. as well. Who's going to be on, what the subject might be. Yeah, it's kind of, to me, I picture Trello as being like a big board, like I used to see in Robin Big, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And they had just like a big wall, and then they had Post-it notes all over it. And so I think when they had like an idea that they did, then they can move it over to done or whatever. You know, and that's kind of what I use Trello for. Yeah, it makes me think of TV shows when they're trying to fill the schedule or Saturday Night Live, like what sketches they're going to use. Like That's, that's what it makes me think it. of. Uh-huh. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, we, we can start talking about some stuff that you're involved in with us, right? Obviously, you do our podcast. Mm-hmm. So you have this kind of like hard technology that you use, the microphones and stuff to record it. And then you use some other technologies to like edit it and that type of thing, I'm assuming? Yeah. You know, at first, we started off doing the free route. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a free editor would be like 
Audacity, uh-huh. but uh, I work in radio too. So the pro one that I use is Adobe Audition. Okay. So it just depends if I'm, you know, on my laptop or someone else's mom's computer, I might just download Audacity real quick and okay. edit that way. Or if I'm at work, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm on the on the clock. Okay. Getting paid twice. I'll, I'll Hopefully edit your with boss is listening to this. Oh, of course. I'm gonna send this to him. Okay. And then we transcribe. Yeah. We transcribe the show. We type it out. So I use a transcribing app from Google. O transcribe. Okay. I can slow you down like by three times, mm-hmm. and then you just sound drunk. And that's what you use to type it out. Yeah, I, and there's no real way to like just send audio to an app and make typing come out of it perfectly to it, make words come out. You can do it, but it's just not good, right? Yeah, it's going to be terrible. So I still do it manually, but I can slow you down. It makes it a whole lot easier. Okay. And then you have to use our WordPress, right, to post the thing on our website? Yeah, we just go into the back end of Herman London's website and, <laughs> and upload well, it on there. Why don't you just go ahead and... Uh, Tell everyone your login credentials. Of no, course. I'm just kidding. Please don't. No. We can get some, you know, some people who just want to put their own stuff up. Why are we always telling people what they should be reading? That's right. Okay. And then you have to use YouTube, right? Because you post it all on YouTube. Yeah. I'm really big into finding out what YouTube does to make money and the people who are popular on it. So I watch a lot of YouTubers and find out their secrets and stuff and i try and use them for our channel as well i like that so consistency is number one we do a lot of videos we do a lot of podcasts Uh we do a lot of tags on there for the relevant topics okay having a great thumbnail is probably number one so i which you made a great thumbnail i gotta give you thank you props for that yeah high five there thumbnails that's my my specialty (laughs) well and then you had to make the uh like the like little song at the beginning of the podcast was Mm -hmm. that some other different technology well, I went and actually found some royalty-free music, uh-huh. and you know the guy who made the song, he just asked that you put his name at the end of it. So in the YouTube comments, we always have okay, the guy who the did YouTube it. Comments. Mm-hmm. Okay. I use a lot of royalty-free music. There's some great YouTube channels on there. So for our a drone video or something, mm-hmm. I'll get some amazing. You know, you like the techno music, right? So that's I what do, I yeah. usually go for. Uh-huh. Something that Adam can dance to. Hey, I appreciate that. Get me going for the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. And then flying through someone's house. And and knocking over glasses and stuff. And then do you use something to analyze like how many people are listening to the show and you know I know you know Aunt Mary listens every week but or every I always, month I guess yeah. but just a piece of chalk on the wall I just mark down one every time I know <laughs> Aunt, Mercy. Aunt Mercy. one done. Well we use a free podcasting service called Podomatic uh-huh. and that's great because it's by file size instead of minutes. Okay. So I make the files really small and then it tells us every day like how many people downloaded the show. So I'm no offense, but I'm always amazed at the numbers. It's always like 60 people downloaded the show yesterday. It's like, why? Where are they from? Are they from St. Louis? Are they Googling? If they are, I guess if, if they search iTunes for like realtor podcasts, would they find yours? Yeah, we're way up there because we have a lot of reviews on iTunes. There's like okay. 65 reviews on there. So okay. that helps with, you know, the popularity search when people look and then how many downloads we get. So if someone types in St. Louis, it should come up. They type in Realtor, it should come up. We're, okay. we're pretty high up there, actually. And then I know, like, the doctors, for example, they said they had listened to a few podcasts. So that, it's good. Oh, my you know? God. Look at that. I feel honored. What an honor. Hopefully not while they were, like, working on people. Yeah, know? I get some of that commission whenever someone calls you about <laughs> the podcast. I post on Reddit a lot. Reddit's, like, my favorite website. And every day I'll post something about how great the show is. And people... So Reddit's another thing that gave you the idea for this topic today right because there's people that talk about real estate on reddit yeah i'm subscribed to the real estate subreddit 
And there was one guy who just asked, what gadgets should a realtor have? And I sent that to you, and you seemed intrigued as well. Okay, so maybe I took this whole show to a different place where you wanted it to be. You wanted to talk about gadgets, like hard gadgets, and I'm sitting here talking about websites. I would say that his thread was just not full enough with content, and we're just fleshing it out. We're just fleshing it all out. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let me just kind of brief through a couple of these, if you don't mind. I'd love to hear. So calling. When I say calling, I don't mean like, hey, I need to call you and talk to you about you know something real quick. That we Obviously, we just use our phones for that, but uh, our cell phones for that. But uh, we have people that make calls to expired listings or call for sale by owners or call just call an entire neighborhood and tell them about a new listing or an open house that we have coming up or anything like that. And so they use a few different services. Uh, generally, like the MLS, which is our locally here is called Maris, feeds into a service that we pay for called Red X, which Red X has a few competitors, but we use Red X. We have some questions already? Just people that are saying hi. Okay, great. Yeah, on Facebook Live, we've got some likes from people you know. Philip Vincent says hi, and my dad, who you don't know. But... <laughs> Philip Vincent, I think, is maybe one of our most loyal listeners. Of course. He's trying to pick something up. You're Steal our secrets. Here, so the MLS feeds to a service we use called Red X, and then Red X feeds to a service that we use called Mojo, and then I think a competitor to Mojo is Landvoice, and then that's what the agents use to make a lot of calls at once. Instead of having to do, 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 pick up and like dial every single number, Mojo does that for them. Wow, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, and then the back end of the back end of Mojo, that's where they can kind of keep notes about what the people said, and you know if they're talking to you today and you're like, oh, I can't talk, it's my kid's birthday, right? Then they can say make a little note to themselves, like call tomorrow and ask how your kid's birthday was. And then they call tomorrow and you're like, man, they're really thoughtful. That is, he really, he really cares about my kid's birthday. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, and then websites. So when we have a listing, we put it, obviously we put it on the MLS, which I have this little drawing I do, like all realtors put listings into the MLS and then the MLS feeds out to all other real estate websites. So like when Herman London gets a listing, we put it on the MLS, but then you can still go to Gundaker's website, for example, and find our listings or realtor.com and find our listings and all that kind of stuff. And then our company, we've made a separate agreement with the third like uh, distribution company, basically. So our listings go to all the normal companies' websites, realtor.com, Gundaker, Remax, whatever. But then they also go to a bunch of other websites, like ones you've heard of, like Zillow and Trulia, and ones you've probably never heard of, like myhouseigloo.com or whatever <laughs> that I'm sure no one's heard of. But we always tell people, you will not be able to find a real estate website that your house is not on. And that's how I can do that because we have these relationships where we distribute our our listings out. Where did you and your one true search when you were searching for homes? Wizza. Wizza. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, a good Yeah, why answer. would you go anywhere else but Wizza? Why would you go anywhere else but W-I-Z-A-H.com? John your... Charlton's face is welcoming you right when you get there. Yeah. Okay, so then social. Everyone knows about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Facebook? We're on Facebook Live right now. Hey, all right, so people, realtors need to be kind of active on Facebook, active on LinkedIn probably. You know, people. Some people use Twitter. I tweet, but I don't really know like why or what I'm doing it for. Some people use Instagram, kids these days, mm-hmm. Snapchat, right? And then you can use these other tools like Hootsuite or Sprout Social to manage all of that social media stuff, you know? And so I guess I'm not going to get in today my opinions about the different ones or like, I, I maybe I briefly will. I, I just like to talk about it. Like on Facebook, to me, a realtor should not ever put on Facebook, if you're buying or selling a house, call me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they might as well just say, I'm desperate, you know, and I don't have any business. So please, please help me feed my family. I think that it's better to share some sort of information or show that you're having fun. You know, when I, if I go to a house and there's like some sort of crazy sink or something like that, I'll take a picture of that and try to make a witty comment. Since Phil Vincent's listening, he like he uses it. He's really good at using Facebook. He posted a picture the other day of this house that had like, I guess this van like pulled up next to the house and they just like sort of built around the van. <laughs> like this literally a van like my van. They had sort of built around it and turned it into like a living room or something. I just saw the outside of it, but it's, it's great. So what people saw there was, oh, Phil Vincent's in real estate. Mm-hmm. He's active because he's obviously out today taking pictures. He's fun to work with and uh, he's successful, you know. And but that's what they saw, but he didn't have to say any of that. You know, he just posted a picture of a van on a house and said, like, look what I saw today, you know? Yeah, I feel like so much of Facebook is lacking in original content. Like, if you scroll through all your family and friends, it's usually reposts. So I'm Mm -hmm. usually, you know, really paying attention to people that are posting their own videos, their own photos. And I think that's one of the best things you guys do is there's so much like video content. And we try to keep it interesting. Mm -hmm. We do try to keep it interesting. And then. If you are a Facebooker and you want to try to take that to another level, then you need to learn about Facebook ads, which there's kind of like the 101 level Facebook ads where you can just boost your post and kind of like make sure it shows up to a few more people. There's like level 301 Facebook ads where you can serve your ads to specific people, like you can import an email list and serve to them. Uh, There's just kind of a lot going on with social media. And what we try to do with our company is we try to make it so that a realtor can join our company and focus on sales and let our company focus on a lot of this other technology stuff. Again, I mentioned this at the beginning. I think you get your real estate license, you're ready to sell. And then it's like, well, you better go to Facebook school and learn how to Facebook, right? So what we try to do is help the agents do this stuff so that they can, we always say we cater to our agents so they can cater to their clients. Do you find the Facebook ads, you know, work? I mean, they provide some analytics with that, right? So it shows like the numbers of people that have scrolled through and stuff. Well, it's nice to it's it's definitely nice to get the numbers and it works. I mean, you could because they're showing you the numbers, you can see that it works. So, for example, if we're having an open house, you know, I can start on Friday like Friday through Sunday, I can pay Facebook almost nothing. It's like $3, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to show me like, "Hey, if you wouldn't have paid for this ad announcing your open house this weekend, you might have had 75 people that would have seen it." Or that senior post or whatever. But since you did pay us $3, now it's 2,000 people or something like that. You know, the numbers are actually pretty crazy. And so, yeah, I, I do see that there's value in it because I like to know and get more exposure for the company and hopefully for the open house as well. And I can then kind of let my seller know the value that we're providing, right? So it's like, hey, I did a Facebook ad. It went out to 2,000 people. That's pretty good, you know? And so whether the open house is successful or not, which I've had some where they're really unsuccessful and we've had some lately where they're crazy successful, people coming in the whole time where we had to have two agents there. Um, and what, but whether it was successful or not, we can at least know that we've done a good job to try to market it. And, you know, if anything bad is going to happen, I don't want it to be my fault, right? I would like it to be the market's fault or something else. Touching briefly on databases, people... Realtors specifically, I remember that I used to go. I used to go and still go to some networking events, but I used to go to a lot of them. And I would ask realtors. Uh, I like to ask people questions, and it's it's interesting to hear how much they'll share with you. 
And so what, what I've asked some successful realtors is like, hey, if you could go back, you've been in the business 20 years, you know, if you could go back and change one thing, what would you change? And a, lo- and a lot of them would say, I wish I would have kept a database. And I've seen realtors that have worked here before or in other places, and they've been in the business 10, 15, 20 years. They literally don't have a list anywhere of who their past clients are. They don't know what homes they've sold. They're not keeping up with these people at all. And that's crazy to me. I mean, it's really kind of crazy. It's, it should be like sales 101, right? I mean, keep up with your people. Not to mention you form a relationship with these people while you're showing them homes or helping them sell their home. You'd think you kind of would want to know what they've got going on. But it's overwhelming, and so you need to have a tool for it. And so at our company, we uh, most of our agents use Realty Juggler, RealtyJuggler.com, and uh, and then some other examples that people use is like Top Producer is probably one of the most popular slash the most expensive ones. I've heard of Sugar CRM. I know that our uh, next one of the things I'm going to talk about is Property Search, but our Property Search function has like a database tool on the back end, you know. Some people try to, a lot of realtors I see don't like to spend money at all. Like I, I will spend zero money. And so they'll try to kind of find ways to not spend money. And maybe they'll use just like Google contacts through their Gmail, but it just doesn't function as well. You know, um, I actually, I'm getting married, you know, as you know, and I used Realty Juggler to like keep track of my wedding list of who I was inviting and that kind of stuff. So it's, there's, there's all sorts of value to having a database. And for me, like I can just, I can say, okay, we want to mail out our, our Christmas letter, for example, and go, okay, friends and family and past clients, print, print, and it'll just print out all the labels immediately. Well, let's talk about property search because a lot of realtors, like I said, have property search functions on their website. And so they can do that through a lot of different, there's a lot of different services out there, but it's complicated because you, everyone, we already talked about this. Everyone puts their listings into the MLS and the MLS feeds that data out. It's called an IDX feed and internet data exchange. I think that stands for. And then so, but a realtor can't just like take that data feed and like just make their own website. Like I guess they can. And I've tried when I, a couple of years ago, I used to be part owner of a web company and we tried. It was our guy said, this is the most complex and like huge file of data ever that he's ever seen. And so it was a challenge for him to, you know, kind of, I'm using words, I don't know what they mean now, but like parse the data basically and like make it into like a searchable, usable thing. And so it's easier to just subscribe to a service. There's services like idxbroker.com. Boomtown is one a lot of people use. We use Real Geeks. So our WizA platform, which is our property search website, is built on or based on Real Geeks. And I think it's one of the best. That's why we use it, of course. So you're looking at me funny. What you have some commentary about that? I don't. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't think you'd be involved with something called Real Geeks, but it must really work. It does. If really you're not work. afraid of the name. Yeah, it's you know what it's it's a uh, it's interesting. It's I've been with that company for a really long time. It's it's a very frustrating company, Real Geeks, because the owner of it and his his like programming team they all live in Hawaii, <laughs> and I was in Hawaii a couple of years ago on vacation, and so I like went there and visited them. Um, cause it's that important piece of our business, you know, and it's very frustrating because the guy that owns the company, he's an, he's an awesome dude, but he's got this huge family, this monster house and like his office at that time, I think they've moved now, but it was out of this like office that's above his garage, but his, his particular office where he sits was in this other place in his house. And so that's where I was meeting with him. 
And right out of his window, you see the ocean and these like Tetons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, this guy is pretty much living my dream, you know? (laughs) So it was frustrating, but they do a crazy good job. And so that's why we chose them. But something that realtors have to consider through Real Geeks for our agents, they can have their own website or websites through Real Geeks on Wizza. And so that will make it so that they can they can promote with their listings and that kind of stuff on social media, and the leads or the the traffic that comes from it will be given to them, which you have to think about all the stuff you know because our agents don't want to promote a website if it's going to get traffic and then we're going to give the leads to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So all this kind of stuff had to be figured out and thought through, and that's that's what we used. Uh, let's talk about this uh, drone thing for a little bit because I've. I need to uh, have a break, a mental break, while you tell us about... We got this drone a few... Was it a couple months ago? Yeah. Is it a good one? Yeah, it's uh, the Phantom 3 by DJI. Mm-hmm. And because the Phantom 4 just came out, the 3 price went way down. And then you even got one that was refurbished. And I can't tell the difference between it being brand new or someone crashed it for some reason, but it's it's amazing. Now, of course, the Phantom 4 can do a lot more amazing things than the 3, but... You know, for someone who's learning and has never had a drone, I'm, I'm in love with it. But so you can go to Best Buy or when uh, what's it called Sports Authority was just closing down. They have the drone there that's like a hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Best Buy that I think I I was somewhere the other day and I saw one for like thirty dollars. Those are crap, right? The GPS positioning and the motherboard and all that in these DJI's is amazing because it can do things. With just the touch of a button. Uh-huh. Other cheaper ones, you're going to have to be a really amazing pilot, and it's going to just fly into a wall immediately. But the DJI, it, okay. it's got some autonomous features that will blow your mind. So in terms of actually, this, would you consider this to be like a professional drone? Maybe like base model professional drone? Because yeah. I know you can buy a drone now for $5,000 if you want to, right? It can't carry one of the DSLR cameras that you would use or a cinema camera, okay. but the built-in camera is HD quality. If you're doing videos for YouTube like we are, uh-huh. it's perfect. Which I noticed that a lot of other people have started using drones lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad that we're at least, you know, we were. I like to think we were on the front of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we're one of a few realtors in town that does drone videos. Um, I wish they wouldn't have caught up so quick, though. <laughs> you know, I think people are really keeping track of the FAA regulations Mm -hmm. and starting yesterday, Monday, stuff went into effect and people actually know what they're supposed to do and what the laws are. So I think people are feeling more comfortable with getting one because they thought it would be just illegal to even own one before. Uh huh. Okay. I think that the drone is a great example of something that we do to try to market a property, to try to get the property some exposure, um, to try to please our client, the seller, but I guess I would say that real estate technology in terms of websites haven't exactly caught up with the drone, as we found, where you're searching on Zillow or Wizza or Trulia or Redfin or whatever, and the drone videos or videos in general just don't really have a place yet on their website. Would you agree with that? Sometimes I can't even find the tab that would be listed as a virtual tour, which uh-huh. is what it's listed under. It's it's not within the slideshow, which is front and center. It's another thing that needs to be clicked, and it's it's hidden sometimes. Yeah, so just like when we put our listings on the MLS, the photos go out to all those websites, and it's a main part of their website. But the video stuff is not really caught up yet. So the drone for us, it's up to us pretty much to market the video, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the that's where we put it on YouTube, and then we put it on Facebook. And we use our Facebook ads to bring more traffic to it. Mm-hmm. 
it's unfortunate that it doesn't show up on all those other places because the people who are searching, you know, the people who's looking at, for example, my listing on Royal Valley on Zillow would be the ones that I'd love to see the drone video. But the people who are seeing it instead are just people who like Herman London on Facebook or who maybe live in Creve Core, right? But mm -hmm. aren't necessarily looking for a house like the Royal Valley house, which is what the video is for. So we still do it, but maybe we... Maybe we need to keep doing it until real estate technology catches up. Are the real estate website stuff catches up? I think it should happen very soon. So many realtors want to use this technology to get those amazing views. I mean, it's incredible. If you have farmland like we've been doing, mm -hmm. you can't take a picture of farmland and sell it. Right. But the one that we had that was like, let's say, 80 acres, but right next to it was million-dollar homes or whatever. If you can just show all that farmland and then go up in the air and be like, look at all those homes that are already built, mm -hmm. people kind of get the idea, like, what's possible. It's definitely going to help us market to home builders and developers so that they can see what's around there without having to drive out there. And they might not even see it, right? If we, if you just drive out to one of those fields like we have listed now, mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of acreage listed in Fenton if you, and Festus, I guess. But if you drive out to that, you might not realize, like... For the commercial one at Festus, for example, you might not realize, holy cow, we're kind of at the intersection of a few highways and major roads here. It just looks like, what do we have here, a farmhouse, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah, cool. The drone's good for that kind of uh, exposure. A lot of people are using email newsletters. Do you get my monthly email newsletter? Of course. Okay, good. So we use a system called MailChimp. So people come to our website or they sign up through something to get on our email newsletter. And then MailChimp automatically sends an email to anyone on my database and it automatically fills in with the content from our website, from our blog and that kind of stuff. So the importance of having a blog, which I, did, I don't even have listed on our, on our topics here, is important. Um, and then so for us, MailChimp or the automatic monthly email newsletter is a good way to keep up with clients, past clients, friends, family, whatever. And if realtors are listening to this, to me that's one of the best and easiest things you can do it's something we promote all of our agents to do. It's a free service we provide to our agents so that they can send an email to their database from them and with their information on it. And if someone replies, it goes to them. But our company just facilitates all that. And what I found that that does for me is that when I'm at a social setting, if I'm at a ugly Christmas sweater party or something like that, usually a lot of times someone will say to me, hey, I got your email. You know, I got your real estate email or whatever, and then it kind of starts up a conversation. So we're not, I'm not expecting tons of people to even open the email or read all the stuff in it, but it's kind of like a monthly reminder that, hey, Adam's still in the business, you know. And so it's, it's led to a lot of other referrals and that kind of thing. I didn't even know that it kind of grabbed automatically from the website blog. So that's incredible that it becomes something you don't really have to work too hard on to right. make some quality content. Yeah, I mean, so what we work on is having quality content for our website, mm -hmm. which serves all these other purposes. Uh, what we used to do before we did this is we'd have to work on having quality content for our website, right? But then every month we'd have to sit around and spend a day or so on developing a quality content for our newsletter. And, and basically it was wasted time. Because A, not that many people open and read these newsletters, and B, you know, we're just creating content that we could have just reused content that we have somewhere else. And you've also used another thing like if this then that 
if you set up some sort of formula, it'll grab from your blog and then send it to Twitter automatically. Right. So it's kind of like exactly. one less step. You have more time to go on showings and you have, it's about having that free time, but still creating that content for people to see. Well, yeah, the, I mean, that that's reminds me of something I was wanting to mention during this episode is that I was talking to one of our agents, Alicia, who's been a guest on our show before. And she was saying that as real estate technology has grown and grown and grown, you know, you'd think it would make the realtor's job easier and save us time, but it's done the opposite. The more that technology that seems to come out, the more work that we basically have to do. And A to now we have to get on every single one of these websites and be on social media and need to make posts for Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. And all it's kind of like created all this extra work for us when it's supposed to make things easier. Some of it's made things easier, like DocuSign, which we'll talk about in a second, where we can do electronic signatures. But a lot of it has just kind of created a lot of extra work. And so what we definitely try to do is sort of optimize what we're doing and automate things. If this, then that is a great one to where uh, you can you can have like, well, if this happens, then that will also happen. You mm-hmm. know? We use another one called Zapier too. So you, it's like Zapier, I guess, pulls data from our property search website, Real Geeks, and pulls it into that software I was mentioning, Mojo, and then brings it back and forth from each other so that we don't have to you know, enter the data into both places. Zapier kind of does some of the work for us. So and it, and it's good to have you know, some Google Analytics connected to your website as well so you can find out which sites are kind of getting you the most views and clicks and you're not wasting time on some stuff that may not be worth it. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. What I found is I, I used to spend a whole lot more time looking at our Google Analytics and what I, you know, as a real estate agent, as a real estate broker, as a company owner, I'm, I'm all those things. And I kind of wear all those different hats. Uh, you know, where should I spend my time? And so what I've kind of done is I've let our web guys focus on the analytics stuff and kind of try to focus on, you know, I guess uh, evaluating it and knowing what changes to make. I know one of the most viewed pages on our website consistently over the last few years has been this, art, this frequently asked question we wrote. Um, I probably wrote this dang thing six years ago or eight years ago. What does CDOM mean? And it, the the thing is that CDOM stands for concurrent days on market, and you'll see it on property search websites, and people don't know what it is. But it's the number of days that a house has been on the market, right? But So we get people from across the country who are Googling this, what does CDOM mean, and they end up on our website, and then they learn what it means and then they leave you know some guy from new jersey just now used our site to find out what cdom means it doesn't really help us right (laughs) i mean we like the traffic you know there's no it doesn't hurt us by any means but um if somebody who didn't know what they were looking at or thinking if they didn't know how to evaluate that would look at that and be like oh this is great we got to write more articles about cdom you know or that kind of stuff but it's it's it takes someone like you're saying to be able to evaluate it and go this is good traffic. This is, you know, not helpful. I wouldn't call it bad traffic, but not helpful traffic, that kind of stuff. Something that we did with that is we saw that it was the most popular page on the site, and we put a YouTube video on there and monetized it. And that video has hundreds of views, and it's just, you know, one of your agents talking about CDOM. Some people don't have the time to read or don't care, but they'll click on that video, and then that's monetized, and there's a little bit of money coming in that way as well. I wasn't aware of that, Joey. What have you been doing with that Oh, money? it's linked to my bank account. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I couldn't get it into your bank account. I couldn't hack the mainframe. Okay, 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 great. 
Uh, some other examples, we use MailChimp, uh, which I think is one of the best. Some people use MarketVolt. Some people use Constant Contact. Uh, some people just try to use Gmail for that, and they end up getting blocked by Gmail because they send emails out to hundreds of people. You know, um, If you're going to use any of these systems, be crazy detailed, careful about who you email, how you got their information, You know, have they given you permission, that kind of stuff, because the the spam laws and all that are are uh, pretty intense and you know they'll a these companies will kick you off in a heartbeat if they think you're spamming but b i guess you could end up getting fined and stuff like that so just be careful of all that as an agent you need to have marketing materials right so like hard marketing materials like flyers maybe postcards that you want to mail out uh, sign-in sheets for the house that you have uh you know letterhead stuff to pass out to buyers when they come to your open house all that kind of stuff so what we've done is we used uh, a graphic designer who custom designed a bunch of different flyers and postcards and agent bio sheets and listing presentations and buyer guides and buyer consultation packets and all these kinds of tools that realtors need. We custom designed all that stuff over the years. And then we used uh, some other software. Carlos, you, you met Carlos. Mm-hmm. He, you, he uses some sort of software to make it so that all of those things are editable in Adobe Reader. So then we made a WordPress site. We we uploaded all of those files to our WordPress site, and now our agents can log in with the password and uh, like download that flyer, for example, open it in Adobe Reader, which is a free software, and they can then click and change all the stuff. So they can change the pictures, change the header, change the address, change the price, all that kind of thing. And it's made it so that they they can make a flyer pretty easily. And it's, you know, they can't really mess up the format. A lot of the graphic designers originally wanted me to do this in Microsoft Word. And I was very strongly opposed to that because you can press enter in the wrong spot and now the format's all messed up, you know. And so this Adobe Reader thing was really important to me. But it's great that we have that because I have seen realtors before spending a lot of time. There was this guy who sat in here for like three or four days one week and was just trying to design a flyer. Just to, for a listing he didn't even have yet, by the way. But absolutely just wasting time. Three or four days, design a flyer. It wasn't perfect. He'd print it out a fun, bunch of times, waste my printer ink and my paper, you know, look at it. Oh, I don't like this. He'd crunch it up in a ball and throw it on the ground. And then he kept working on it. And it's just, it was a ridiculous waste of time. Though, you know, he was a pretty personable social guy. He absolutely should have been out being personable and social, making contacts instead of working on flyer design. That's why we've taken care of that for our agents so they don't have to waste their time on that kind of stuff. If you want to make your own flyers, if you're a realtor that works at a company that doesn't have a whole database of marketing materials like that, then you probably need to get the Adobe suite. Um, You might use something like Microsoft Word and Paint to design your flyers. Our system that we use, Realty Juggler, gives you flyers. We just don't think they're that great, so that's why we designed our own. Postcards, for example. We designed a bunch of different postcards. But then we had to design the same postcards in different sizes because if you want to mail like one postcard or to a postcard to a street, then they need to be one size so that you can just pay like per address. Mm-hmm. But then we use a lot of this thing called EDDM. It's the United States Postal Service has a service called Every Door Direct Mail. But for that, the postcards have to be a certain size and they have to have certain little markings on the back of them and that kind of stuff to be part of the program. And then you have to find a certain printer that will print them that way. So we really had to be careful about how we designed them and um, making it so that people could download them, edit them, and not have to change the sizes of them and all that kind of stuff. So, 
So I wanted to talk a little bit about cloud storage, file review, and signatures, e-signatures all at the same time. Uh, when you guys were just doing that deal, we had you guys signing documents and stuff like that, right? Me and my significant other, yeah. We you just and got a house, SO. Herman London. Congratulations. And so I, I'm curious from your perspective, did you wish that every single time you had to sign a document that either A, I would drive to wherever you were and you can sign it and I would drive back? Or did you wish that I would email it to you so you could print it, sign it, scan it, or fax it back to me? Or like, was it a good experience for you to be able to sign electronically? And I'm not being a smart aleck like it might sound I am, because assuming that you like signing electronically. but I do like signing electronically. I mean, you've got your signature already in there, and you just kind of just lay it down in all the little uh, open areas that you say to sign in. And did send it, it right make back? it harder for you to read and understand what the document was that you're signing? No, I think I'm on the computer, just like most people, like eight, ten hours a day. So it's like, it's just second You're nature. You're right there anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for storage, um, people use some stuff like iCloud. People who are behind in technology and they use Apple stuff, right? They use something called iCloud. And then you always see those people posting on Facebook like, oh, my phone just crashed and I lost all my data. I'm like, ah, why don't you go to Google? Where I've had actually, I just switched from Sprint to Project Fi, which is Google's phone system, and now I'm with Verizon. This all happened in the last two weeks, and every single picture I've ever taken, every single contact I have is on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just right there. It was like automatic. So I don't know why people iCloud. Um, I'm looking. I don't see your phone, but I think you're a Google man, aren't you? I am a Google man. Glad to have you. <laughs> um, we use Google Drive, which is awesome, so that if I'm going to like write make a spreadsheet or write up a document in uh the the whatever you call it like their word processor google sheets or no what's uh whatever they call google word google docs google docs that's how christopher Watkins says it i think google docs google docs <laughs> so the cool thing about that is i can make a document on my computer a i can share it with you joey so you can be on your computer editing it too and now we don't have two versions we have one version because the edits show up in the same place. But then I can uh, trip and fall. My c computer can fall into the abyss. And I can just go, okay, no big deal. And go to another computer or my phone or your computer or Aunt Mary's computer. And there's my document. I didn't lose anything. It's amazing. Um, same thing, Google Photos kind of does the same thing. So, And then in terms of file review and getting all that stuff, realtors use Forms R Us locally to get all of the, That's where we get our most updated contracts and forms. Um, and some people use Forms R Us to fill out the forms and to get signatures. I think their signature thing is called Echo Sign. We here at Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri, don't do that. We t we've taken the forms from Forms R Us. We've imported them into DocuSign. And we have like a company, a DocuSign account. And so then we've created templates with every single one of those forms. So if any of our realtors needs to fill out a counteroffer form, for example, they don't have to take the tedious time to drag over and fill out counteroffer number, you know, counteroffer done by seller, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's sort of automatically in there. So it's super fast for them to just be able to type in like counteroffer number this, you know, paragraph three, line 30, sale prices changed to, one million dollars or whatever, um, and so then we use DocuSign to get the signatures. And some people then would use DocuSign to store their files. We don't do that. We use an additional system called Paperless Pipeline at our company for the file storage. 
and kind of like contract storage if we ever get audited again we just got audited recently but we were able to just give him a login to paperless pipeline and say here you go have fun um versus having to give him like either stacks of paper or having him have to like log into each person's DocuSign account a competitor that i don't like is called dot loop so i don't like it because it's not as easy to use in my opinion but also you have to be like in the loop. So when a realtor that uses dot loop sends me an offer, I have to like kind of sign up to dot loop, which I don't want to, I resist it. And then also dot loop is owned by Zillow, which I'm part of the Zillow resistance. So nothing good about dot loop in my opinion. Let's talk about the super boxes. I think you saw on Reddit that somebody was one of the technologies that realtors have to use is called Supra. Well, when we were looking at houses, I saw you just hold your phone up against some big lock on the door and the door just opened. I didn't know what was happening. Right. So I, I did look it up just to see what it was called so I can seem smarter when I talk to you. <laughs> well, uh, success. So when, when you list a home, you have a few options. One is to use a super box, which is a company owned by GE. It's just the blue boxes that you see. One is to buy a lock box from Home Depot. That's kind of like a coded where you sort of like turn the numbers, kind of like what, what I would picture a bike lock to be. And then you still open that and there's a key in it. Uh, some people now have the sort of like built-in deadbolts where you can just like put a code in. I've seen some sellers give out that code, which I think is weird. Um, and then the worst the worst case scenario is where the seller's just home. They're like, oh, I'll just be there. I'll just let them in. No one likes that. If you're a seller, don't do it. Leave. Leave. So the cool thing about the super box, A, is that you can, the realtors can open it with their phones or with the little super key thing, they call it. Um, it also tracks who opened it and when. So if a realtor gets to a showing, the air conditioner's off, they turn it on to 60 so that when their agent or their, when their clients show up, it's cool in the house. Uh, but then they forget to turn it off and no one else comes there for a week and the seller gets this huge AC bill. They can track who did that and, and try to like bust out the realtor and maybe make them pay. I've not heard of that happening, but that's what they teach you in real estate school. Uh, the other thing that's cool about the super box is that, uh, well, a, a couple things. A, only realtors can open it. So the realtors, some realtors, if you use that other lockbox, they'll just tell their client like the lockbox code and their client just goes to the house without them. They're not supposed to do that, but they do it. But the super box wouldn't allow that. So it's nice for that. And then a little known secret is you can set that super box to automatically email anyone. What we use it for is it'll automatically email our seller when the box is opened, which is nice, not necessarily for security purposes, but a lot of realtors will schedule a showing from like 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., right? And so the seller basically has to leave their house until 7 p.m. But if they're listed with us, we set that super box up to do that. They'll get an email at, say, 517 that the super box was just opened. So now they know, okay, that'd probably take about 20 minutes to look through my house. I can now go home about 5.40 or so instead of having to drive circles around the neighborhood until 7. So it's just like, I always say, like the little things make a big difference. That's a really cool feature of the super box, I think. Um, while you're out showing properties, not to, I guess, kind of while we're on that category, some realtors will use an iPad mm -hmm. and like pull up all their listing sheets on that. You know, some people will use like the tablet. Now, if you go to get a new cell phone, they'll like give you a tablet for free and just charge you 30 bucks a month for data or whatever. And uh, I used to do that for a little bit, but 
I actually just print out the sheet for every listing I go to. I print out the sheet, and uh, I prefer it. I can look at it. I can write notes on it. I have a system that I follow with it, and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not have to worry about like my iPad's low on battery or something like that. One of the worst things when you're out showing properties when your phone's low on battery or your super key's not charged or your car's low on gas or if all your sheets were on the iPad. Then if your iPad crashes or something like that, you know, it just gives your clients a terrible experience. So, but some people do that. They use the iPad or the tablet and I guess they're just more detailed about charging, charging it up. Um, one last thing I want to talk about before we go into just a couple more of the like random marketing things. Is this going how you wanted it to go, Joey? Yeah, I'm actually learning a lot. I didn't know about the super key emailing and that That's you right. use all these different programs to make the realtor's life easier so they can download the files that are already ready for them. Yeah, I think that someone who's listening to this who's either, if they're not a realtor, this is probably the most boring podcast we've had. If they are a realtor and they're newer into the business or older into the business, they might be overwhelmed by this podcast. But the again, the kind of the idea at our company is that our company kind of manages and thinks about all this stuff so that the agents don't have to. You know, and we teach classes on this types of things and they can learn what they want to learn. But you really only have to be as tech savvy as you want to be. And I've, you know, additional commentary. I've found that sometimes I think this technology and specifically like social media technology has made agents more lazy. Where they think, oh, I'll just make a couple of Facebook posts instead of going to the party or going to the networking event or going and meeting my client face to face or going and having coffee with people or going, 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 you know, I'm always talking about go to the event. And I think some people are just like, ah, I made a Facebook post today. I'm good. You know? All right. So CMAs, when someone calls us and says, Hey, I want to sell my house. I've got an appointment today at, uh, I think three o'clock where the guy's like, I want to sell my mom's house. Come and tell me what it's worth. You know? So I use partially experience, which is nice to have because I know the area, I know the houses, I I know what people are looking for in that area. But we use technology too, right? So what I'll do is I'll look up, reluctantly, I'll look up what Zillow says it's worth. And I do that because I want to make sure that I at least know what Zillow says. Because if I come in and I say the house is worth 150 and the seller says Zillow says it's worth 190 I'd like to have known that it's going to say that ahead of time. And and I for me, I'd like to be able to explain to them why Zillow's wrong. But I do, as part of my CMA process, I do look up on Zillow what it says it's worth. We use a system here locally called Realist, which is kind of pulls from the tax records and has data information about the house. So I can see if a house has never been listed, we won't otherwise know how many bedrooms and bathrooms and square footage it is and all that kind of stuff. We also like to know who owns it. So if Bob Smith calls me, but the tax records say it's owned by you know, Rebecca Jones, then I need to, I know that I need to figure out who's this Bob Smith guy and why is he trying to sell Rebecca's house, right? Realist also gives what they call an AVM that stands for automated valuation method. So they'll give kind of like an estimate of what they think the property's worth. Then uh, there's a new sort of function of the MLS called RPR, which does a pretty thorough CMA and gives you charts and graphs and stuff. And uh, mainly we use the, just the MLS. I mentioned it a couple times today. And it, does, it has a CMA function. But so that's how we look up to see what other homes have sold in the area, uh, kind of their features of them and their prices per square foot. And, and, their, uh, and it allows us to compare the homes in that way. And so I'm a big price per square foot guy. Um, but 
that's what I'll be using when I pull up to value the property that I'm going to be going to this afternoon. Okay, so all of that stuff is things that we use to get by in life, right? But then there's a few extra things that we've... We mentioned the drones, things that we can do to market our, ourselves or our property. We mentioned the drones. You've heard of the Matterport, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, it's like I think, $5,000 camera that you can buy, and it makes it so you can do like a virtual, like a true virtual tour, probably the only true virtual tour out there where you can literally pull up on your computer and like walk through the house. They kind of refer to it like a dollhouse effect or something. Like if you were to pull off the wall on a dollhouse uh-huh. the way they usually are and you just look in, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you start with. But then you can just flip it any direction you want. Right. So, so you know, when virtual tours first came out, they had tools that you could use for that. But it was kind of like set. you'd have to set it up in each room. And then everyone started saying, oh, virtual tour. And they turn basically they're just their photographs into a slideshow and put some little music to it. And they go, oh, yeah, we got a virtual tour. <laughs> but now Matterport came out, and that's I would consider that to be an actual true virtual tour where you can actually kind of walk through the house. It's almost like Google Street View, right, but in the house. Um, I don't know if buyers like it or not. I'm assuming they do. I don't know if sellers like it or not. I'm assuming they would think that their agent's pretty cool if they have that. I personally don't like Matterport, or not necessarily Matterport, but the concept of a true virtual tour. And the reason why is that my experience of watching buyers look through listings online is that you want to give them a minimal amount of information to interest them enough to actually come to the house. I've watched buyers look through photos before and they're clicking, oh, this is interesting, this is interesting. And then they get, and there's like a bathroom that has pink tile. And they go, oh, never mind, don't want this house, next house, moving on, moving on, right? And so if that picture of that pink tiled bathroom wouldn't have been there, we probably would have gone to that house. And hell, they might have liked it, right? They might have liked all the rest of the house enough that they knew that they could change out the tile or paint it or whatever, right? Because that same guy, we were clicking. This was before the MLS had the rule where you have to have at least one photo. We were clicking. He was a couple houses down. And he found a house that had no photos. No photos. And he goes, this one is interesting to me. (laughs) I want to go see this house. And I'm like, okay, let's go. But I was just thinking about, wow. So the people who did actually what you would consider to be a good job marketing their property and had photos actually turned the client off. The people who really just did a bad job, I mean, if you have no photos, you're really just doing a bad job, kind of turned the client on in that case, you know? And so for me, when we're doing photos, I like I always use a professional photographer, but I like to have a minimal amount of photos just to show a couple of the great features of the house, get people over there. The Matterport thing to me is probably going to cause more people to not go to the house than what it will cause people to go to the house. And, 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 you know, you can spend things any way you want. Joey, the realtor, can be like, yeah, but that way you don't have to waste your time, seller, you know. But to me, uh, there's nothing like a buyer driving up to a house, seeing the neighborhood, seeing the neighbors, you know, seeing the house, and uh, actually walking through it to experience it. Uh, so, personally, I don't like the Matterport. Have I made that clear? It's also a few hundred dollars a month just to host these files, these video 3D walkthroughs. Uh-huh. You can't just you know, share it on a Facebook page or something as a picture. It's it's a couple hundred dollars to keep it hosted online. Yeah, not to mention it's crazy expensive. I also just don't think that it's helping a seller sell their house. So we're spending, now we, the realtor would be spending a bunch of money to pretty much just to impress their seller client. 
but not actually help them sell the house, which there's a ton of things that I think realtors do to impress their seller client that don't help sell the house, you know. Plus, not to mention, like we talked about with the drone video earlier, if you do a Matterport video, just spend $5,000 or a couple hundred dollars or whatever if you hire somebody that has their own, where, pray tell, are you going to put this video? Because it's not going to show up on the MLS very well. It's not going to show up on Zillow. It's not going to be on Trulia, just like our drone video is not. So you're spending all this money just to put a video on Facebook, most likely, and hope that people look at it. Hope that the right person looks at it, right? I think once you stop paying that hosting fee, it kind of goes away too, right? I mean, I'm not sure, but know. you know, a YouTube video is it's going to be there. Yeah, I, I haven't looked the... into that. So, yeah. I, anyway, that's that's why I don't like the Matterport. Professional photos is really good. I know there's some realtors that try to take their own pictures with their phone. And you'll see on the MLS, they didn't even get out of their car. And you can see like the side view mirror of their car. <laughs> Excuse me. Some realtors do take their own pictures. They actually get out of their car and go in and they take pictures with their phone. They're just not very good pictures, you know. And ma mainly because the lighting's not right and they don't have like a wide enough angle camera, you know. And then there's always the person who has a nice camera. Like it looks like you have a nice camera here. But the, the realtor thinks they can take their own photos, which A, maybe they can. Maybe they can't. I don't know. But B, they're, they, should, they should not be, in my opinion, taking their own photos because they're not a professional photographer. They're a professional real estate agent. They should be trying to sell the house or trying to get more listings or whatever, trying to sell a property, not spending their time taking photos, then editing the photos, and blah, 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 blah. Right? Let somebody who's good at that and who's, that's their job to do that while you're out making new contacts. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. We started using recently reflective signs. So when you're driving down the street at night, you can see, uh, you know, a lot of our signs that we have are just uh, printed ink on corrugated plastic. And so now we've been spending extra money. The signs are like four times the cost. But if you drive down the street and your uh, headlights hit them, then you'll see the sign and you can like see the agent's name and stuff. I think that's a great example of something that we do to give the realtor exposure, not necessarily to give the house exposure, you know. People are not like, stop the car. It's 930. Let me see this. You know, it's um, they're probably if they're looking, they probably saw it on online anyway, but it's good for the realtor. You've been doing something for us, Joey, like floor layouts. Mm -hmm. What do you what are you doing that with? I think you just read about it or someone told you about it. Uh, some app called Magic Plan. OK, and that's like just all the information you gave me. You said download Magic Plan and learn how to use it. <laughs> and it was incredible. It's uses your smartphone's camera. And you just point it at the corners of every room, and then it creates the, the floor plan for you. It knows the distance. Uh, people who are trying to figure out how much paint to use or carpet to buy, it'll give you the square footage. Mm -hmm. You keep track of how many doors are in the house, and you can use it for, you know, I read that, you know, police use it to recreate crime scenes or oh, wow. someone who goes on missionary trips. They need to know what they need to do to build a church or something like that. They'll use it. Hmm. But we've been using it on these weird houses that have, you know, just like hidden rooms or a shotgun house that may be confusing from the outside that doesn't yeah. have a floor plan. I did one of those, and I think it really helps to kind of visualize what you're working with. So a couple of things there. A, you're right. I asked you to learn how to do it because I shouldn't be out there doing that, right? And my, I, like I was just preaching on and on about I shouldn't be the guy out there learning how to use this app and like making floor plans. We have a great guy here that can do it. Why not leverage your time, right, to do that? And the other cool thing about the floor plans 
is that they actually we put them with the rest of the photos so they actually do show up on every real estate website if you're clicking on zillow and you're clicking through the photos there's our floor plans right there on the houses that we do it on of course but it's neat because I'm, I'm a visual person i think a lot of people are sort of visual and they like to be able to kind of picture the layout of the house and uh probably a lot of people now are tearing down walls and it probably helps them to kind of picture and see what the size of a room would be without that. That's all I've got for today, Joey. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that there's always going to be some other new technologies, some new apps, some social media thing that's going to come out and just make all realtors go, really? I got to learn this thing now? Right. I got to learn this now? Really? I felt like that for a while. It was I was excited. I was diving into all these things. But then the technology just keeps coming out. Every day you get three new emails with this new technology, this new service, this new website or whatever, and it can become very overwhelming. And so I think it's nice to, A, have someone else who's figuring it out for you, and B, you know, find find what you think is the best and use it. You notice, by the way, that I went through all these categories. I mentioned all these different services. That's our company's philosophy. Some real estate brokerages, they have like one software that tries to do all of these things, and in my opinion, doesn't do any of them that great. So instead of us having one like software that's like real estate pro, I just made that up, that does everything, uh, we found that it's better to find the best thing for each problem that we have. You know, So we use the MailChimps and the Mojos and the Realty Jugglers and all that stuff when we, when we could probably find something that it would just do it all, but we don't want to. And I love that you're using all this to create more time for yourself. You have someone else who's taking care of you know, the website for you. There's someone else who's learned some of these programs. Yeah. It's hard because I'm really interested. If you can't tell, I'm really interested in all this technology and I love web stuff and I love all the analytics. So it's hard for me to not do it. And, you know, Carlos, our web guy, I think gets frustrated a lot because I'm always like kind of entering, giving him my input and whatever. Um, you know, and he probably thinks I'm the web guy. Just listen to me, you know, but I like, I like it. I really want to be involved with it. So but not every not every realtor out there is so interested in all this technology stuff, you know, which that's great. They probably shouldn't be. All right, that's it, Joey. That's all I have for you today. I really thank you for being here. You're uh, our technology expert. I'm glad to have you as a guest on the show. 27 episodes in, first time on the show. Big we'll fan. see you at episode 54. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. Thanks for coming, guys, and take care. <laughs>